Hey everybody and welcome to a new episode of Indie Film Cafe. I'm your old pal the Moo Cow aka Paul A. Presenza and today I am joined by Jonathan A. Moody, your co-host. Outstanding. And today both of us have a very special guest co-host with us tonight. Please tell everyone hello. Hello. And you are? I'm trying to figure that out. I want to walk about. But I go by John Johnson, aka Dflix on um, TikTok, and I could be your own—I could be your father. Outstanding, outstanding, and well, it's Father's Day when they were doing this, so who knows? We haven't had you on the show since way back when we did um, the Gobbling Turkey-Headed Monster. Yeah, That's right. Somebody, somebody made a remake of that, by the way. I just found really? this out today. Wow. Uh, I will send you the link about it. Yeah, for Blood Freak. Uh, They—I guess—is that public domain? I think so. Okay. Well, there you go. If I can find a copy of it, I'll ask the director. If I can find a copy of it, I'll send it to you. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today we've got a movie that I'm not sure how many of you guys have seen it. I know I've seen it. And um, it is from 1996. And it is a Donald G. Jackson movie called The Toad Warrior. Uh, John Johnson, have you seen this? Yeah, well, no, well, yes. Yes? Yes. Okay. But in a drunken night when we watched all of them back to get back to back. Nice, okay, nice, nice, nice. So then you know who's in there. Yeah. Uh, well, we actually, it was, so this was a weird game we used to play when I had my stay case, is that we'd get drunk and see if the director knew me. And so I'd contact, um, I actually went for the rights to this uh, for mm. uh, Frogtown and uh, wrote to me and said, yes, I know who you are. You can't have the rights. Oh. That's all I got because he, <laughs> he wanted to do it himself. Because um, that was like the, the time when I just could do no wrong. Plan nine, Manos, all that kind of stuff. I was like, I'm going up Frogtown. And I wrote the yeah. guy, and he's like, Yes, no. Who did you write to? <laughs> Scott Shaw? Yeah, the guy who is like the lead actor, I think. Yeah, he, he owns the rights now. Oh, uh, uh, Scott Shaw. Yeah. yeah. The producer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, uh, from what we've understood, we've tried to contact, well, we contacted him and I've actually got something to talk about later, you know, that he sent me about it, but, uh, Scott Shaw isn't really like, I guess he might be a fan of the hell comes to Frogtown ones, but he does not, he doesn't like to talk about the, um, uh, the other ones that he's done. Like he's done movies called like baby ghost and, uh, yeah, and there's and, a reason for that. And there's a lot of it is up on his website and I had a lot of information to share about all I don't that. Know much about that. So yeah. it should be very interesting. We should have a very fun discussion, but first we got to listen to some of that mood, mood music, music and we'll be right back. Okay, everybody. So we are back, and I have got to ask, what are your guys' first impression of the Toad Warrior? It's John, it's, Johnny, you go first. Yeah, I think it's more like licking a toad, and what happens to you after? <laughs> it feels like that. They made it very trippy, like a dreams kind of thing, and so, and I even tried to play it off that it was Estevez's dream. It will go just like, huh? That was weird. <laughs> I think I think that's basically like how they did it, which I, I think was kind of smart. Um, but yeah, I for the most part, I think it was just like you definitely tell he's trying to get to a feature. He made a deal to make it a feature, and so he's like, oh, "I'll just play the scenes over and over again, show some auditions." <laughs> um, but he found a way. Yeah, he completed the movie. But Estevez was fantastic. So was Connie. They both did great in the film. Right, oh. our old our old friends are in there. Conrad Brooks. Uh, Baby Gator from Roller Gator's in there. The uh, omnipresent lens hood that's in all of uh, Donald G. Jackson's movies was in there. Our, uh, our the buddy, microphone was buddy, there. The microphone pops in every now and again. You know, <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, it was. It was like coming back and seeing. Like I, I was saying earlier, that it's it's like Roller Gator Two. You know, this is the closest we'll get to that. And um, I'll tell you guys that real quick is that I did talk with Scott Shaw. Uh, when, um, uh, cause, uh, Paul was wondering if, uh, it was begging, begging, please let's use the right term here. Well, no, but see, um, 
I was begging about what happened to the roller gator costume. Well, yeah, but that was another. We talked about that on another podcast. Uh, I said, was roller gator in Toad Warrior? And he said, yes. And I said, which came first, though? And he goes, roller gator. We brought Conrad back to recreate his character along with baby gator and Toad Warrior. Mm. I said, that is an awesome spinoff. Did you uh, did he pop up in any other ones? Nope. So that was sadly what he said. But you know what? We got that. And I was happy with that. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, you know, Donald G. Jackson had some, you know, rage issues. And on a fit of rage, he apparently uh, burned a lot of his stuff, including the roller gator puppet. So the roller gator puppet is no more, unfortunately. I'm sure somebody could make one, you know, another one. If you want please, God, please. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so uh, my initial thoughts, I mean, when I saw it, I, I hadn't seen it. You sent, you sent the copy to me. I wanted to wait till we were all watching it because, you know, so it'd be new. Um, I, I had never seen Hell Comes to Frogtown or the sequel, Frogtown 2, uh, you know, and I haven't seen it. But I did start watching Hell Comes to Frogtown today, and fun. I'm going to continue watching all of them because, yeah. Wait, you started with part three? Yeah, so I'm part of starting with <laughs> this one, yes. You know. Okay. Well, well yeah, well, I mean, it didn't it's not really... gonna matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's true, matter. it's true. The AV each one is kind of like um, so I got into a big argument with somebody over Friday the 13th, because they're a big fan of the series, and I blatantly said this is a, it's a series that's made to be bad. They do it well, but it's made to be bad. Like they make jokes and stuff like it's it's done to be like not a good film, but they do it well really really well and like so we kind of got an argument like no they're made to be good it's like "Mm." they turned out to be good because of what they are but they're made to like have like continuity errors and like random you know like they're designed to be that way right and um and so like this is that opposite thing this is that insane filmmaker ed wood um kind of design where it's like he's intending it to be good but it's so bad it's good I don't know though. I don't know. There were a couple really terrible jokes, and you, I like. I to me, when I saw them, I was like, they have to know these are bad. (laughs) Well, the the funny part is that the good jokes they did have, they just kept telling them over and over again, and so like they made them bad. Like that. My favorite one. My favorite joke of the whole series was, you know me, and he has like a different answer for like why he knows me. You know me. I carry two pockets of candy. You know, like every time he comes in, he's like, you know, it was different every time. And that was a good joke, but after 15 times, you're like, oh. <laughs> was that from the first one, or was that in this one? Oh, there's one we just watched. Yeah, every, time he introduces himself, every time he introduces himself, he says, well, you know me, yeah. I t- carry two guns. You know me, I like women. It was just different every time. <laughs> that's right. You know me, <laughs> I work knows. alone. Yeah, I work al- right. He did uh, work alone a lot. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right, let me, let me talk a little bit about the background here. Sure. Okay, so yes, this is uh, from 1996. And this is a movie by Donald G. Jackson that was uh, completed with uh, Scott Shaw. Now, you are right, Mr. Moody. Originally, you see, this movie was not released to the United States. It was originally released in um, the Philippines and, uh, gosh, uh, where else? Japan and someplace else like Singapore. There's one and- like me in it they didn't like the cut believe it or not so the uh, the the idea was they were going to sit on it before they were going to do a release anywhere else and re-edit it and fix some of the rather obvious problems if they could um however it turns out one of their distribution companies decided that they were going to release the movie anyway in the united states and so they did and then there was a big fight about that, and eventually they got to pull the movie back. But by then, it's too late. You know, the, the cow has already left the barn door, so to speak. So they just said, okay, well, we're just going to let it go. And then later on, it was repackaged as Max Hell Frog Warrior with a few additions that are added in and a few, a little, few things taken out. And that is the movie that Scott Shaw says is the is supposed to be the real version of this movie. Yeah, I mistakenly thought that was a part four when I when I was looking at the films. Um, it's I thought, confusing. It really yeah. is confusing about the how that is, and you know, it's it's just kind of nuts. But so did they ever do a part four? 
I believe they did. It's just got another name, and I, the name escapes me. And I haven't, I haven't seen them all. I had this one. I haven't even seen the Max Hell Frog Warrior one yet. But just so we're all on the same page, I want to go over the folks who are involved. So Scott Shaw is our lead actor as Max Hell, and of course he's the guy who's going to come back and eventually uh, finish directing and producing uh, and completing most of his other movies. And we've got Joe Estevez, who's in a bunch of his movies. Always wonderful. Yeah. We've got the wonderful Conrad Brooks as uh, Swampy the Swamp Farmer from Roller Gator. We got uh, Roller Gator. Little, with our Roller Gator buddy. I got to see Roller Gator. Oh, oh Roller got Gator to. is so cute. Um, it is it's actually glorious. I believe you can watch it for free on YouTube. Um, there, uh, a sketch shawl has uploaded a ton of his movies. That's, um, you know, that's where I could watch like Frog Town 2, um, is up there and, and a couple other ones. Uh, but yeah, he uploaded a bunch, I guess, because get them out there some more, you right. know, like let right. people see. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, also Connie's performance was he got like a genuine like deliver at the end because Connie like was somebody that had to, you have to say the line and he says it back. It was one of those things. But at the end, when he's talking to the puppet, I could tell he wasn't doing that. He was he was in it. And that was cool. That was really cool. It was so cute. That yeah. scene just uh, melted my heart. Well, you know, if you go on to Scott Shaw's webpage, he talks about how, you know, he wasn't even originally supposed to have been in the film. But they loved working with Conrad Brooks. All of them did. Because yeah, um, they all had their, their personality <laughs> things and disagreements. And there was some friction and stuff. But everybody loved conrad brooks so they were like let's just bring him back so they that's brought him back hats. sorry that's why i actually ended up getting these hats yeah that's there you go Connie. so Aww. we brought they brought him back and they're like well if we're bringing back swampy we might as well bring back roller gator too or baby gator and they they made a few scenes just for him which is awesome. awesome that is awesome um now, if I'm correct, this would be the third or fourth time he's played Swampy because um, he did it in Roller Gator, but I believe he also did it in Little Lost Sea Serpent, if I'm correct, right? I think like, so. I know he was in it, but I don't know if he played Swampy. There, in there are the, the the infamous three kitty Donald G. Jackson movies. It was Roller Gator, Little Lost Sea Serpent, and Baby Ghost. You need to see all three of them. They are all wonderful in their own weird, wacky ways. Or you played Ozzy, never mind. He, I'm guessing he played another character, but and they're so. they're so strange and so different than any of the other stuff that he that that Donald G. Jackson and Brian Shaw or uh, uh, Scott Shaw did. So it's just it's just so crazy. But also in there we have Jill Kelly, who is a uh, film um, adult film star. She was Agent Glory. Sandra Purpo was Cricket. Uh, Robin Kimberly was Agent Spangled, which is the one I liked. Mm -hmm. uh, Whitney Scott Bain was Humphrey Bullfrog. <laughs> uh, Camilla Solani was Agent Banner. I know she's been in a couple of other things. And um, yeah, that's that's there's a couple of other folks floating around there, too. Um, it's just a very, very strange, strange movie. And Scott Shaw and Donald Jackson, Donald G. Jackson both wrote the screenplay, which is funny because I thought I heard Moody. I thought you heard you say something like, what did the child write this? I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it felt 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 very childish. A lot of a lot of ho hokey pokey jokes and uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> and then there was uh, jokes about um I don't know, the arguing, like when they argue and bicker, which normally drives Paul nuts, but uh this he was like laughing his butt off. Oh, at it was. <laughs> so, but they were like bickering like children, you know, bicker. You I'm know, actually gonna. Like, I think I'm gonna reach out to Estevez myself. Like, if he's still kicking and still making movies. Oh yeah, he is. He is. Like, he is. I, his performance was just so good. Like I was like, oh, I, I should reach out to him. Yeah, see if you can put him in your next movie. That'll be fun. Well, yeah, because now with pandemic shooting, like you can film with your phone and end up in a movie. Yep, exactly. Well, the, the whole thing. You know, it's very strange because after Donald G. Jackson and Scott Shaw did Rollerblade 7, they kind of had a breakup because apparently the circumstances under which that movie was made led to some money problems between the oh. two of them. And, and without rehashing everything, they pretty much broke up and went their separate ways. And, you know, uh, Scott Shaw started making his own films. And which, by the way, we're, we're going to cover a couple of them as well. 
and time went on and eventually uh, Donald G. Jackson discovered that he was terminally ill and oh. he wanted to, he had all these movies that he, he had in various levels of completion, but he wasn't really able to do them all on his own. So kind of out of the blue, he contacted Scott Shaw and said, would you like to work on some stuff? And I guess Scott Shaw didn't really have anything else going on at the time, so he did. And that's how they ended up coming back and working on this movie and, and a bunch of other things. And then by the time that uh, Donald G. Jackson finally passed on, he actually passed all of his movies and, and all of that intellectual property on to Scott Shaw and said, you know, please finish these for me as best you can. And, you know, it wasn't even something that I don't think Scott Shaw really wanted to do, but he felt responsible. And so that's what he ended up doing. And that's why a lot of his films are, he's the co-producer. That's why he wouldn't give it to me. I think yeah. so. I think yeah, so. Well, Cause I just called him up. It's like, I'll make a, I just want to make one. Cause I just love the idea of like, what if we made like a good one? Like decided like to do it as best we could, like just fancy, snazzy, the random thing. Um, Cause I just love that idea of, um, I think sequels. Well, I'm from the generation of sequels versus remakes. Now I will I will admit that I think re, all remakes do need to happen eventually because younger audiences aren't going to be able to relate to the dialogue and and they're going to look at it as, as like the way we used to look at black and white films as a kid. So oh, I was black and white. I don't, can't. I'm, I'm not going to get that. So they look at that like with us. So eventually all the stories have to be retold. Um, but I like sequels more. I like it when you own the prequels and the things that came before and you build mm -hmm. on it. I think that's a lot more fun. Right. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm sort of of the Marvel, you know, kind of, you know, mm -hmm. life and, and universe stuff. So I enjoy movies where they expound on the franchise and make it, you know, because this this is a franchise, you know, oh, sure. whether yeah. whether people want to, you know, it's a low budget franchise. And that to me is amazing. You yeah. know, that he, he went out like um, we've kind of talked about it. Uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown was first. Then uh, comes uh, was it um, Return uh, to Frogtown to Return to Frogtown. Yeah. Then uh, then this one, and each one had a different um, I, you know had a different Max Hell. You know, like you had Roddy Piper for the first one. You had uh, Robert um, uh, Zadar. Zadar as the second one, and then you had Scott Shaw for the third and probably fourth one. But I was hoping that the fourth one would have a different max hell and just each movie would have a different one because like mm -hmm. to me like that reminds me of uh we're doing uh dracula uh 2000 and there's mm -hmm. there's dracula 2000 dracula 2 and dracula 3 all having different people playing dracula and i just thought that's always kind of a cool thing to like don't forget dracula know. 3000 uh yeah but that's actually not in the same uh same oh, say thing what we're gonna say it is Okay, we'll yeah, see. There you go. Yeah, there you go. have Coolio with running around this vampire on a spaceship. <laughs> we can like it, can go, it can go with anything. That could be a sequel to Green Fried Green Tomatoes. It could be anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the other thing that um, Donald G. Jackson, Scott Shaw are famous for doing is the quote unquote Zen uh, art of filmmaking, which is a way of saying uh, very little by way of scripting um, or no Still script at all in some cases. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Improv making. I've done. Kind of, I've done it myself. You've done and it yourself. The thing is, is, is you, key if, franchises pretty much ad libbed. If if you go nice. to the webpage, he will talk about how this movie is actually a perfect example of how that can really work because the the opening scene is is a perfect example. They went out to shoot that first scene in the in the um the desert with their frog buddies. That there was not there was nothing in there about those little mini planes at all. It just happened that they were there and these two guys were flying their little mini planes and so they decided to take the footage and when they landed they went up there and said hey can we borrow your planes for our movie and they were like sure so they have <laughs> footage in there that they never expected to get and then they had that one scene where scott shows sitting in it and then he gets up and gets out that was never planned at all but just kind of fell in their laps. And then they use, they reuse it at the end where you just see them and they're just shooting at each other or whatever, but it's the same two fucking plays. It just, it didn't make, you know, and it was like, I was like, wait, it wasn't this from the beginning of the movie. I even said that. And you're like, yeah, why not? You know, like. I think it's supposed to make sense. You're just supposed to feel it. 
Exactly. Yeah. Nobody's uh, interested in the details. They want big picture, Moody. Big picture. Uh, exactly. And if but, I, you know, that that's that's a perfect example of how, I mean, that can actually work. I mean, I understand. I mean, because there are people who, you know, there are some directors where it is written in stone. Whatever the script says, that's what we're doing. That's what your line of dialogue is. And that's it. There is no deviation from that. And I, I think there needs to be a happy medium because, sure, you got to have structure and you got to have all these things, especially if you're going to try and keep your production under under on budget and, and under costs. But you do also need to have some wiggle room so that when stuff like that happens, if, if you hopefully have extra time or extra whatever, you can actually utilize that because serendipity happens and you never know what's going to fall into your lap literally out of the sky. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know that I could make a whole movie based on that, but <laughs> sure you can. <laughs> this Why podcast not? has to end with you directing a movie, right? This is how this all ends. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, so Moody, talk to me a little bit about the budget and the sets and the and the special effects. There's some lots of money spent on this film. Clearly, I mean, you mean all the tarps and <laughs> and little sets and little crystal balls and. Other stuff, tarps. yeah. You need more tarps, man. Like, there was a sword, you know. Um, I there was sort of like the uh, was a Humphrey, uh, what's his name, Humphrey, Humphrey Bullfrog? Uh, Bullfrog. He had a uh, he had a like a, an office sort of thing, it looked sort of more like an office, but it's still, I think, it still had a tarp on it. I'm pretty sure, of <laughs> you know, apocalyptic. Yeah, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they shot that at their <laughs> office, you know, because right. oh, sure, yeah, I've done that, yeah, it's similar to their office that they used in Roller Gator. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, that's right, it was the, the office of the main bad guy or whatever. If Joe you remember, is. towards the end of Roller Gator, there's that one part where one of the toad people comes in. <gasps> that's remember? right. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. They're just, I, I didn't even, I forgot about that. That's and funny. Both of them were 1996. So there you go. See, they were already doing the Marvel thing of like, uh, you know, uh, before Marvel was. So there you go. Cross, uh, uh, crossing each other. And uh, right. I think the first know, one right. to do that was uh, Universal Monsters was the first one to take a bunch that, of franchises and cross them over. That's true. Now that's the thing true. is, I don't know how much of that is intentional because, um, and again, this is all from the Scott Shaw website, but apparently this time between 1995 and 1996 was very critical because, you know, um, that's when uh, Donald G. Jackson had, was doing his Kitty movies and he had this guy, Mark Williams, who was doing those. He was actually writing the movies. Now, whether they were actually script for these things is, is debatable, but he was at least writing the screenplay and the story and structuring it. And he also did a few other things, but Right around this time, uh, Donald G. Jackson had one of his meltdowns and fired him. So the movies that come after this period are very, very different. And then the movies that came before this period are also very, very different. So it's kind of like one of those little things trapped in amber, which is why I love those movies from this period, because they, they just don't fit with any of other Donald G. Jackson's films. And they're just wacky and strange and kooky. You know, it's mm -hmm. interesting. So, so, like, so you said that the Scott Shaw and then had it broken up for a little bit, and that was after, because uh, they had the Rollerblade Seven, but they also did the Legend of Rollerblade Seven and uh, the last one, which was uh, the uh, uh, Return of Rollerblade Seven. Of course, you know, right? So, right, right. Uh, so, or is, was it after that one, or was it after I, the I, first? think so the thing about the donald g jackson movies especially after this period is you have to understand he had a lot of these things in various levels of production so where any of them actually begin is very different from when they were actually finished and released i imagine some of them there may have been a gap of 10 15 years even mm -hmm. so it's really difficult to sort of put them in any kind of chronological order and figure out when or which one was done first. The only person who's going to know that at this point is Scott Shaw. Mm. Um, and if you go to his website, he does talk a lot about the different things. It's just I haven't quite gone down that rabbit hole to its extreme yet. Um, but I have at least in this in the case for this particular film because there's just so much going on. Um, 
Last Let's rabbit see. hole I went down, I watched all 17 witchcrafts. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think that's a rabbit hole. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Dustin Hubbard's probably the only person I know who would do that. Uh, I think, yeah, you're, you and Dustin Hubbard, man, are tied. I have not seen all of them. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen like four or five of them. And, you know, I can give you some highlights. I tell you which ones to watch. Which ones? Six is surprisingly decent. Never saw um, one through four is good just because it's the original guy. It's like the, the first story. I say two through four is probably better than one. One's kind of like a like a hybrid remake of a bunch of movies. Um, what was the other one? Twelve? I can't remember. There's one other one, but six mm. surprisingly okay. Okay, well, that's. I don't good. know why. I just watch six. All right. Well, just just to get back to some of the the folks who were in, involved in the film. Uh, Sandra Perpro, Perpuro, she's the one who plays Cricket, who is uh, uh, Joe Estevez's little assistant there. She actually went on to do a lot of different stuff. Um, she was in a lot of different things on TV. She was on Party of Five. She was on Wasteland, NYPD Blue. Um, she was on ER, Six Foot Under, Oz, uh, a bunch of different things. And then she ended up coming back with for the same character in Max uh, when it was. Uh, they did a couple of other frog things too, so that's kind of nice to see her come back. Um, but yeah, 24, she was in that series, and she was in a movie called uh, Lesbian Cops, which I have, but I have not actually watched yet because it's just it's my giant uh, bottomless lake filled with uh, stinky movies that I've yet to get to. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. She actually went on to do a lot of different things. And of course, Joe Estevez has done a million different things, and we were lucky enough to uh, actually get an interview with him on our show, on our uh, Spotlight show. Oh, and we loved we loved talking to him about the uh, Donald G. Jackson uh, uh, Kitty movies because that, those were what we've already reviewed. So, right. uh, but had we reviewed this one, we would definitely have been asking him about this because we, oh man, this this was fun. Right, right, right. Of course, Conrad Brooks has a long career going all the way back to Ed Wood, and he did a whole bunch of his own movies, too. And, um, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he crossed paths with all kinds of people in the indie film community, which is great, including John Johnson. Yes, sir. Yes. We're in a, a museum now. Really? Have I told you about this? Mm. No. So um, I sent Connie a copy of Plan 9. Our, the movie we made, the remake. And when he passed, he it, it was on his uh, coffee table, uh, his uh, bedside table. Um, he, We talked, he told me how much he liked the film and like was happy about what I did. And his, um, they had an auction where they auctioned off a bunch of his stuff after he passed. And this guy bought that movie, knowing that it was the copy I gave him. And he came and found me, had me sign it. And now it's in a museum in New Jersey. Oh, nice. Nice. Do you know a museum? I don't. Ah. I guess it's New Jersey. There can't be that many. <laughs> well, I, I regret that I actually never got to meet Conrad Brooks, but I've always been a fan, and he seemed like he was a super, super sweet guy. I've uh, I met him. I met him once uh, in person, but I've been on the phone with him a few times, and I think I might have told the story before. But I've uh, when I chatted with him, uh, he would always because John is another filmmaker from, you know, Virginia, you know, and I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. He kept kind of like saying, Oh, we're going to be working together soon. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, that's, that's not me. You know? And (laughs) and so you get me a little confused, even though we sound nothing alike or whatever. He did uh, did that to a lot of people. He called a lot of people were me. Yeah. You know, but he, uh, he loved you, Johnny. Oh yeah. I loved him too. Nice guy. Nice guy. Um, so then Scott Shaw, as I've said, has gone on to make a whole pile of different movies. He's still making movies and shorts today. Um, Is and he? he's doing, oh yeah. He's also making movies about like, he has one called, um, rollerblade seven, the unseen scenes, which is a documentary. He did one on Zen filmmaking, which is a documentary, but he's also done stuff like vampire sunrise and, um, uh, uh, 
uh, Macau Catch at the Moment, which I guess is another documentary. And um, oh gosh, uh, just a whole bunch of different different things. Uh, Psychotronic Tokyo, Guns of El Chupacabra, um, different stuff like that. The Ghost of El Chupacabra. So he's he's still pumping out movies. It's just that now he's kind of at the point where he's doing his own stuff. I think he's kind of left all of the uh, Donald G. Jackson stuff behind. So, well, understandable. And I mean, unless he had like a, a script that Donald did that he, you know, that he would just direct because he has that script, you know, then there's no reason to like even, you know, right, worry about right. doing anything. So Moody, do you think you could quickly kind of encapsulate exactly what happens in this film? Um, so there is a doctor who's creating a serum that's supposed to, uh, stop humans from turning into toads. As you do, that's Dr. Trixie T. Dr. Trixie T. And, uh, she gets kidnapped by the, uh, by Joe Estevez's, um, character. I think his name was, uh, what was the fuck? Um, Mickey something. Mickey Mickey O'Malley. Mickey O'Malley. Mr. Big. Yeah. Mr. Big. And so he's just there. Uh, he kidnaps her, and basically, uh, the bullfrog guy uh, asks uh, Max Hell, says he'll pay him whatever reward and all this other stuff. He gets any money that he can get from from you know uh, getting her back, and so Max Hell, all about money, goes out to and he's. Uh, I guess he works alone, yet all these agents keep coming and popping. All these in. hot chicks. I know, <laughs> and they keep helping him out and. Then there's some random guy and a girl who just talk about stuff. And then uh, I, I don't know if that was the same guy. It's the wicker man who's just. Oh, yeah. That's the wicker furniture assassin. Yeah. And then assassin. He doesn't do anything. He just sits in the wicker chair. No, but it's what he talks about as being an assassin and all yeah. this ridiculous garbage. It has nothing to do with stuff. Yeah. Which has nothing really to do with the movie, but whatever. <laughs> um, and then. Max Hell breaks uh, his his chicks out uh, of well, it doesn't even break out. Like he literally just comes up to uh, Mickey and says, uh, "Hey, we gotta talk." And then we see him take the people out of the thing. And even you, Paul, are like, "What? What? <laughs> what just happened?" <laughs> uh, and then uh, I guess uh, was it the uh, Mickey wants to know how to do the formula. And oh, so she shows him how to do the uh, hokey pokey, <laughs> and then she leaves. I guess she gets uh, she gets um, uh, broken out by randomly. You know, after twenty, uh, I swear to God, twenty auditions of women <laughs> saying the same exact lines over and over again, which John, John liked. At, you know, at the beginning, and then I think he the first it. ten times. <laughs> And we're like, this is definitely reutilized uh, auditions uh, footage that's just being used over and over. And then, oh, oh, don't forget the other cuts of like uh, him uh, samurai sorting, sorting some random guy, some random toad or toad. And then that's it. Like, it's the same thing shot over and over again to like just bump up some, you know, pad some, you know, time. I have a theory on that one. What do you, oh, what's your theory? Yeah. I think he was trying to make a Wilhelm scream. Uh, Maybe. Funny. I think he was trying to make a scream that people would hear and then reuse. Maybe. You know. Could very well be. You never know. We could we could always take that and put that into our movies, you know, or whatever. I guess we'd have to pay Scott Shaw, you know, or whatever. So um, apparently yeah. there are, there were toads and frogs. I see the, this is where it gets really weird because they don't really... They don't really sort of clarify about the frog wars and are the toads fighting the frogs or the humans fighting the toads and the frogs and they talk more about frogs, you know, than toads, right? But then they also, I mean, they do talk about toads. It's but... the toad warrior, remember? It was Frog Town, right? Yeah, but and, and it was uh, what was a toad? It wasn't like Toad City, but it was Toad Toadland or something. Toadland, that's what they called it. So he had to go into Toadland. And so they just let him go. And apparently it's uh, it was a tough uh, place and that he could die, you know, you know, or whatever. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, Max, Max L. L, 
you know, he's he's oh, he's always ready to it, die or it's, whatever. It's so funny because there's that one scene when we first get to see Swampy and he's looking around for Baby Gator, and he's confronted by these two women who keep turning into frogs back and forth. There's like a a cut that go jump cut that goes back and forth and back and forth where they're they're human, then they're toads, and they're humans, and they're toads, and they're humans, and they're toads. And he keeps saying, you know, you're in frog town or you're in toad territory. And he's like, isn't this Gator Town? He's like, no, it's Toad Town. <laughs> Gatorland. And I I laughed at that because I was like, wait, so there's a there's a toad toad Toadland, there's a frog town, there's a Gatorland. Like, I mean, what? Of course, it's Florida. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, all of this happens in this post-apocalyptic nightmare world, and yet at the same time, when they're they're in that that uh, little traffic bridge, you can see cars driving behind, merrily going on their way like they normally do on a normal day. Yeah, that's what you were noted, like you were talking about, like oh, it's post-apocalyptic, but there goes all those cars you know, <laughs> in the background. Um, so funny. Oh, and you could hear uh donald g jackson sometimes repeating the dialogue so the person could off screen they never cut that out or whatever i'm like oh man why well, i said this is burgeoning on uh on uh dave the rock nelson territory in some places in some places but you know what i would take this movie being an hour and 20 minutes over miss werewolf which is two oh, hours God. and 30 minutes johnny johnson we've got yeah. to show you that film that sounds terrible. I don't know if I want to. Like, you guys are just like, <laughs> you guys are like, it was a terrible movie. I hate it. John, we should show you. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's an experience you will never have anywhere else. And then he'll never come back, you know, <laughs> after that. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> uh, I oh. think we almost broke just Jen on that one. Oh, <laughs> God. I apologized for months after that. Oh. See, anyway. see how she said, this was the worst. She hit you. I've she hit you. Seen. I've never actually seen her like violently hit you before <laughs> in my life. That was that movie that yeah, that, yeah. that you want to torture John with. Like so this God. this wasn't quite at that level of Oh no. No, 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 no. But you know, and that's the thing, and I, I mentioned this before. A lot of these movies in the Donald G. Jackson universe are pretty bad. They're cheap, they're terrible, they're stinky, but you know what? They're fun. And I it's hard to explain why. But they just are because you look at the folks, they're trying. They're, they, the, all the actors have bought in. They know it's a cheap, ridiculous, crappy set. They don't care. You know, Joe Estevez goes for it. You know, all the people there, they're going for it. And because you, they're buying it in and they're giving it their all, I don't know. I just, I kind of go with it, you know? Well, this reminds me of like, I was watching a full moon movie and my family comes in <laughs> and sees it, right? And they're like, what? It, you know like wow they start laughing because it's so funny that these people are saying these lines and taking this shit seriously you know like it's a real thing that's what they're doing they're mm -hmm. taking this ridiculous story seriously and that kind of makes you enjoy it more yes you know yes buy-in you gotta have buy-in yeah if they were just the whole time making fun of themselves for it it'd be boring yeah it's it's like the scene where they go into the tarp tavern to have a few drinks and there's that girl singing a frog song it was really weird with the frog lyrics but yeah and i i swear to god she was making that up as she went along because there's at one point it looked like she was trying to figure out how to rhyme one of the lines and everything and i was like um you know so i don't know it was it was ridiculous but fun like yeah this was a fun movie, wouldn't you say so, uh, Johnny? Absolutely. Like it's it's like, I mean, the, essentially the worst films for me are the ones that aren't too bad and aren't too good. Right, they're right down the middle. Right, like that's the ones that like hurt because they're they could have been bad. When you see like a movie that's considered bad, there's usually a lot of creativity. Like, there's a lot of weird choices that right. are interesting Swinging for to the see. fences, but missing completely. But at least yeah. they swung for but you it. You can see, like, they, like, you know, that guy spent a lot carving that cardboard on the wall. Like, you can see that, that somebody spent some time on something. And big movies, same basic thing. But when they go right down the middle where they just don't have, like, a direction, mm -hmm. that's, that's when it gets you. Right. Well, when they're kind of meh. Yeah, yeah. And that's what uh, Paul says, like, the cardinal sin of movie making is boredom. 
And that is sort of what, like, there's been a few that we've reviewed, uh, Killer Biker Chicks being one of them, that got, like, a a 30 from us, you know, on our stinkometer. Uh, I forgot if you remember that. None of Uh, us enjoyed it. Uh, I think, but, uh, yeah, we we didn't enjoy it because it was not, it was sort of boring. Like, they had these chances to be good, and they just sort of missed the mark. But it just became kind of like, oh, God, can we just get through this movie? Right. As opposed to, say, Hahnemann and the Five Riders, which was also a 30 because it was batshit crazy, terrible and ridiculous. But it was so much fun because it was so over the top that we all liked it. Or anything Neil Breen, you know, Neil Breen is always most likely always a 30. And there is a very special talent that I don't think gets recognized for people who can take a really badly made movie with all kinds of problems and still make it a fun time. I mean, that's wonderful. What a wonderful, wonderful talent, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and Donald G. Jackson so far, the ones I've seen, he tends to... Like, okay, so we reviewed an early earlier this year, this season, reviewed a movie called Pocket Ninjas. Oh, God. And that could have been so much better. And if they just let Donald G. Jackson direct it, but they fired him before they got, you know, he got a chance to finish it. So it was just, it, it was not nearly as good as yeah, it could have div- been. The dividing line between Donald G. Jackson's scenes and the other guy who came back and finished the scenes were, were bright red. I mean, you could tell which ones were the wackadoodle, crazy Donald G. Jackson stuff. And then the other things that sort of tried but just failed miserably, you know, mm. just did not work. It was a shame. It really yeah. was. And, uh, you know, but that's the thing. I mean, again, you, you go on, on the Scott Shaw website. He talks about... Donald G. Jackson was not an easy guy to work with, and there were times when he would have creative and or other disputes with people, and he would just, he would either quit or he'd get himself fired because he just would not, he would not compromise, would not do anything the way somebody else wanted to do things. He he had a very distinct and and and, and solid way that he wanted to, to approach something. A he style, a style. Yeah. You know, like we we joked earlier about the lens cap or the uh, the microphone or whatever. And as bad as those are to see in the movies, those are that's his thing. You know, and, ubiquitous. And and I actually like that better than there's a filmmaker out there who thinks his claim to fame is just nonstop walking with no sound or no you know like nothing interesting going on in the background, and people just walking you know right and that's that's his style and i'm like that's not a style like you know at least we could tell a donald g jackson movie you know with that you know Uh, the lack of style is not a style in itself although i will say we had a lot of walking in this movie a lot of walking in the desert surfer music to keep it going yeah i like the surfer music that was yeah yeah well, there was a lot of music period throughout the whole thing you Mm -hmm. know and that's a lot and I, I sort of noticed that, like, like there really wasn't a time where there wasn't music playing in the background, you know. And usually, sometimes you don't do that. I mean, you know that Johnny as a filmmaker, that a lot of times yeah. you just you you tend to uh, not overuse music. But well, what I think this was, to be honest, was uh, a music video that no one called cut. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. go. That works. You know. But unlike Roller Gator, it doesn't actually dominate the film because in Roller mm-hmm. Gator, that strumming guitar dominates the whole thing. Oh, God, that bothered you so badly. Uh, I, there are people I have shown that movie to that cannot get past the soundtrack. They just can't yeah. do it. And, you know. uh, but uh, I, like I said, I think I said this earlier, and I don't know if I said this on the show or not, but you can watch a lot of these movies on the YouTube on Scott Shaw's YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's called. It's probably called just Scott Shaw. You know, if you just look at yeah, Scott yeah, Shaw, yeah. Uh, but his YouTube page has all, all not every movie, not everything, uh, not everything, but I mean, this movie you can't find on there, but um, you, uh, a lot of them you can. Right. And, uh, and, and it's, 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 it. 
Yes, yeah. exactly. And then the other thing is, if you go to the Scott Shaw website, you can, if you're a guy who wants the physical medium, like me, you can go and buy them there. And same thing with uh, Amazon. I believe just about everything is there on Amazon as well. A lot of them are streaming, like uh, to buy, you know, or whatever on Amazon, which mm. I hate to, I hate to do that. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, depends on the stuff, but I don't like to buy them because you don't. They, at any time or another, they can just get rid of it, and then you're right, they, right. You, then you've you've spent twenty, you know, fifty or or, or ten bucks. That's just gone, you know, or, right. or whatever. That's why I'm a physical media guy because I'd rather have it in my collection, my collection, you know. Um, but otherwise, this was kind of a fun film, um, even though it was just ridiculous and stinky and awful um it doesn't matter it was still kind of fun and the thing is is that like i said this was the version that they themselves were not particularly happy with i think i remember there was a quote in there where scott shaw said that um uh that donald g jackson thought it was too boring so he wanted even more crazy wackadoodle shit to be happening in the film so who knows what his real vision would have been but eventually scott shaw was able to 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 at least put out another version which does have differences as the uh, max hell frog warrior so maybe at some point we'll we'll get to watch that one and we can compare them it'd be very interesting to see that um mm. but there's a whole buttload of donald g jackson movies that i'd love to do for indie film cafe because he just fits you know our, our our mission statement to a t in my opinion and they're fun like they don't yeah. you know yeah i'll just say this they uh freaking Scott Shaw's a genius. I'm looking at his uh website and you can actually buy uh different stuff like merchandise. Mm-hmm. You know, uh he has Angel Blade, say so his movie Angel Blade, right? That he did with Donald G. Jackson. He has uh posters, uh you know, lifestyle like handbags, phone cases, and nice. face masks of the movies, you know, oh, so you can buy a buy a face mask of uh one of his uh movies and i think that's just that's just smart thinking right there and, and sure. i i want to i'm gonna eventually if i can find like a roller gator uh face mask maybe i'll buy that i would love that yeah. we we tried to get him on our spotlight show but he he sort of politely declined but he did say that if we wanted to do a a remake or a sequel to roller gator that he gave us the the verbal okay i think he he said as long as it was like roller something else because he doesn't own the rights to the type the title roller you Mm. know so i told him if we did like a roller shark you know uh but i don't think he'll give us the rights to roller gator or whatever because well we don't have the roller gator anyway but we could find a roller we could find a shark puppet you know better yeah we'll make a little wrapping purple plastic shark puppet and use that yeah, uh, Ma- Madeline Deering can help us out. Yes, you know. she totally would. <laughs> um, there you <clears throat> go. So, I mean, I don't know. I like, I like what he's doing, and I like, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot more than I thought I would. Honestly, you know, um, I, w- I wasn't sure, you know, um, how I feel, <laughs> especially after that one short film with Robert Zadar that we saw. That uh, it was like twenty minutes of nothing. It was that called Yin Yang Insane. Oh my God! Oh. Yeah, look that one up, Johnny. <laughs> uh, it's literally Robert Zadar talking to himself for most of the time, you know, and then he gets out and talks to a couple other people, and then that's really that's it. it. I mean, that's it. I mean, there's no real point to it. And it was like what 50 minutes or something. I was like, yeah, ah, like 20 minutes. It felt like 50 minutes. Um, I know. But, but uh, Donald G. Jackson and Robert Zadar. I mean. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like when you like go, like Bruce Campbell has done some movies that aren't great, but if it's Bruce Campbell, I watch it. It's just the thing. Exactly. You know, and they, you know, uh, Sam Raimi did uh, some movies with Bruce Campbell back in the day that oh, yeah. uh, that before Evil Dead, you know, and stuff. In the woods. They, uh, there was one before them too. There's a a whole uh, feature that they did. Uh, it was something. It's like it's called It's Murder or something. You know. Oh yeah, with the murder beams. Yeah, and it was uh-huh. like they ended up, um, uh, they you know, apparently anybody who ever puts it up on YouTube it gets it gets taken down because Sam Raby 
isn't a fan of you know his old work you know or whatever understandable well, it's probably that, that or they probably have a release plan for it on some blu-ray or some kind of something maybe like that. someday i hope no uh, no you know that'd be great mm. um you know but anyway of course the other reason i i wanted to do this one is because of conrad brooks and i know how much you love conrad brooks yes sir so yeah and we all love we're all big fans of conrad brooks he's he's just mm-hmm. one of those amazing guys and he is one of those guys that i will watch the movie no matter what it is as long as he's yeah. in it. yeah i actually um i uh i i, I passed on his mantle um so i'm kelton i play kelton in a lot of movies and i uh made a badge for jamie conrad who is uh another just to carry on the name Okay. Nice. Because no one really did that with him. They did it with uh, Kelton. Uh, Kelton's been like five people. Um, and so I thought it'd be kind of cool if I moved on him as well. So who's playing him? His name is, um, um, well, they call it, I guess his, they call, they call me Toby is his presence on um, TikTok, but he's, his name is Toby Duskin. Nice. Okay. So cool. He's so first, there's a Jamie. He in is Shark, you son of a bitch. Ah, <laughs> we know a little bit about that movie, which uh, oh after uh, after this episode is done, we'll talk more about that um, yeah. and stuff. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. We we love hearing that. Uh, J- Jamie, yeah, you're right. Like there's been maybe one other Jamie appearance, I think. Um, I I, uh, I, might well, be I named wrong. him Jamie in um, Plan Nine. To, believe, I, to, to allude that he was the original. Yeah, he's the original. Um, yeah, he's been Jamie in a couple things. Like they just gave him a name randomly. I don't think it's credited in any movie. He's just like policeman. Yeah. But um, they said no, later his name was Jamie. Well, I think we've hit about that time where we can start talking about how we're going to score this film. So I don't know if you remember Johnny, but I'm going to explain to the audience anyway that we use our stinkometer. Okay. And where we have a one to ten rating, where the lower the score, the better. The, the better the film, and the higher the score, up to ten, uh, the stinkier it is. Now, you can have a really bad, terrible, horrible, stinky movie that has tons and tons of problems and still like it. Okay. Just as you can have a, a movie that has no problems at all, but that was just boring as hell and you hated it. I mean, that's you know very very slimmer. So we all kind of score it in our own different ways. And you can go a half step, too, if you feel so inclined. And then we total up our scores. And then at the end of our season, we try to figure out what was the stinkiest movie of the year. And boy, I'll tell you, this this has been one crazy year. You missed Turkish Star Wars. You missed on Lycan Colony. Uh, you missed a whole bunch of crap that were out there. You missed so. the Corey Feldman uh, directorial debut, Busted, you know? Um, don't know if... <laughs> You missed out on a movie called uh, "Was It uh, Busted" with the Corey Feldman. It was oh, it was terrible. Ooh. Yeah, it was. It, it, he directed it too. So. I, I okay. think you would have particularly enjoyed Turkish Star Wars. That was just batshit crazy. I've seen that one. Ah, uh, did you like it? Yeah, it was fun. That was like, and they also made another one that was like around the same time. It was like uh, Toaster Wars or something like that. Yeah. Thumb Wars. Thumb Wars. Thumb Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also Hardware Wars. Last well, time. There was a Brazilian Star Wars, which I have yet to subject these guys to. It's even worse. Oh, boy. So, you <laughs> well, know, anyway, you, you missed a few movies this year that were just terrible. We gave you yeah. a really, I think we gave you a nice one. You know, oh, yeah, it was, yeah. 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 was good. But anyway, let's get back to the film. Mr. Moody, I'm going to let you uh, score your movie first. Uh, score first. I'm going to give it a six. Um, it's, it's, I, I, it's not, it's not very, very stinky. And it's not, I, 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 I can't go around and say it's good yet, you know? <laughs> so I, I think it's above being like a meh, you know, but it's not, uh, it's, it's, it's not stinky enough in my opinion to like, you know, to, to be higher, but so I'm going to give it a six. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Uh, who do you want next, Paul? Yourself or? Uh, it doesn't matter. John, you got a, you got a number? I do. Okay. This might be a first. I'm going with a negative one. Your toad is <laughs> in another castle. Ooh, so you like the movie that? that much, huh? I did. I think it actually represents a, a really unique time in cinema where there's a lot of VHS 
DV films being shot in LA and the, in the deserts of LA. Um, Full Moon made a bunch of them. And it just kind of brought me back to that. And like it captured that time. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, where everybody wore sunglasses for no reason. And um, <laughs> Kung Fu swords. And it, just not, there's, there, no one makes a movie like this anymore. It doesn't happen. No. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to, I want to make sure it gets up on the, the, up on the chart somewhere. Well, normally we wouldn't do this, but because you're John Johnson, we're going to let you give your negative one score. Thank you. We've never done that before. And so, all right, everybody, this is a first on Indie Film Cafe. And I will, we will allow it. Um, but I don't, we will I guess it. that means anybody can do a negative one or I guess a plus. 10. I don't know about anybody. I think only certain special folks. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll only, but once I see that negative one once, People are going to be like, well, why can't I do a negative one? <laughs> hey, we, we didn't have a 10 plus until we did uh, Miss Werewolf. But you never actually put 10 plus on the thing. So I now you did can. go back did and you? look at the website. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there you go. So we had negative one and a, and a plus tens are allowed. Ugh. So, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, what about you, Paul? Yeah, to me, this is pretty damn stinky. I mean, it's not 10 territory, but just the use of tarps alone was enough to just drive me out of my mind. Because, um, you know, Donald G. Jackson didn't, you know, squeeze a nickel harder than anybody else uh, when it comes to, to making his movies. Um, I'm going to go with an eight. Eight? It's pretty darn stinky. I don't know. I I still enjoyed it for even for the Oh, season. yeah, I enjoyed it. Me, you know. I'm so, curious. Is there is there any this season that have gotten a one? Not this season, I don't nope. think. Not yet. Not nope, yet. Nope. Uh, um, the lowest scoring one we did was uh, Drunken Wu Tang, and that turned out uh, that total was a six. So that was like that two, was this season, but one maybe there was a one in there. I don't know, but maybe it was one, two, three scores, something like that. Gotcha. Uh, it was it was pretty low scoring though. Yeah. Um. Let me see. I'm going to check this real quick. Cause... And if you haven't seen that movie, you definitely need to see Drunken I Wu haven't. Tang. I definitely want to check it out. Oh, dude. It's one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. It's batshit crazy from the moment the, the movie starts until it very ends. It's just, it, it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. I was, I was not, you know, I was concerned if these guys would enjoy it, then they, they loved it. Are you, you did give it a one, Paul. There you, go. you gave it the one. Uh, I give it a two and, uh, uh, I think it was Joe, right? Was the uh, Joe Lynn? Yeah, Joe so Lynn, she yeah. gave it a three. So, yeah. um, but yeah, uh, there's hasn't been any that have gotten one, 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 you no, know, yet. No, uh, no. so that'd be uh, pretty amazing. That would be that would be a really good, you know, uh, I'm afraid now that there'll be a negative one, negative one, negative one. What I, for as, I for that? as I recall, the three lowest scoring movies are. Yeah, Drunken Wu Tang with a six, Gamebox 1.0 with a six, and I believe um, Rat Finka Boo Boo got a seven. Yeah, I haven't heard of any of these. Gamebox 1.0 is fun. I think you'd like mm -hmm. that one. Uh, it's cute. It's a cute little. Uh, I think you'd um, like Rat Finka Boo Boo too. It's a lot of fun. That title it wins me alone. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, see, uh, see, Paul has certain uh, directors that he likes to use mm -hmm. over right. and over again. Sure. Ray Dennis Steckler and uh, Donald G. Jackson. Well, and Why go get milk when you have a cow? There you go. Exactly. You know, um, uh, I like to use Ed Wood a lot, but, you know, we're kind of running out of Ed Wood movies to, to do. You, you got know. to do porn? Uh, well, Paul did. I have a um, whole bunch of them. Yeah. He, Paul, he, Paul did Orgy of the Dead. Action and cut. It's just brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. Um but yeah, I uh, I don't know. I uh, yeah, I have a whole to... separate podcast that I started. It's called a uh, Sexploitation Sleazecast, and uh, oh. we sort of do the same thing, only with adult-ish kind of movies. Some are porn, gotcha. some are artsy films, some are just ridiculous movies that just happen to have a lot of nudity and adult stuff in there. Sure. Um, and the thing is, is that there was this period in the late '60s and early '70s where a lot of horror movie directors, in order to keep you know bread on the table, uh, that's what they started to make movies with, and they couldn't help themselves. They couldn't just do a sex picture. They would have to throw in all these weird horror, horror elements in there too. And usually there was a mishmash that didn't work. 
And that's I think the hope with a lot of them was like they could get cut down and they could be released without the the porn, and then they get. I know there was a lot of times they try to do that. They also was um, there was a weird time when uh, the highest demographic for theater was high school female, and the highest demographic for rental was adult male. So they would have PG thirteen movies to get released unrated on video. No, oh, wow. It was a weird time. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's why we need you on this show, Johnny. You yeah, know, we know you're super, super busy, but we'd love to have you back seeing some more stuff. Oh, of course. This is fun. Yeah. It's nice. So it's been an interesting year because this year we decided to do three uh, movies a month instead of our normal two movies a month. Ooh. And so and the way we extra. decided was Moody was like, can we do more? Can we do more? Can we do more? Can we do four? Can we do four? Come on, let's do yeah, four. And he wouldn't do four. So he, he, we settled on three, which, you, you know, maybe eventually he'll get up to four, but uh, right than now. Two. Yeah. And so exactly one more than two. And then, um, uh, but on top of that, we've also been recording them earlier. So this uh, episode, I believe will come out like October or, uh, or oh, okay. so. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yep. <laughs> So there you go. So, um, uh, and I'm, I'm like really happy about that though, too. I think that this has been really cool having every, you know, all the movies come out. And it's been good because both of us have a giant pile of movies to go through. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just so many movies. So it's a way of getting my collection has now been put into DVD cases that I'm not looking at. I was like, Oh God, I need to watch a few of these movies. Exactly. Maybe you should do your own podcast, uh, Johnny. I have about 10. Uh, well, <laughs> a new one all about like the movies, the new movies that you watch or something. Yeah. You know, I know you do like a lot of podcasts and a lot of. Well, and I was going to say uh, for the audience, is there anything that you want to talk about or highlight or, you know, give some love to that you've been working on? Well, let's see. Well, on the TikTok world, um, we're about to do Evil Dead 2. Jaws nice. just got wrapped up. Willow is almost done. Or Will is starting to shoot. Not almost done. Um, Ghostbusters versus is about to do Ghostbusters versus the Thirteen Ghosts. Nice. Um, I think that's where I'm at on TikTok. Then in the movie world, we've got Where Kitten. We've got Shark, you son of a bitch. Woo-hoo. Shark, you son of a bitch. Um, two or no, Son of the Shark is the son of a bitch. Oh my goodness! This time it's inconsequential. And then um, what else we got? There's uh, well, Spade has now got an 18 film lineup. Oh um, wow! Wow. Two films have already come out. We've, we're in production of like four more at the moment. Um, it's a John uh, Johnson Renaissance. Well, then there's Captain Quarantine, which was a, a program that I ran during quarantine. I was the only one doing it, and uh, we did 88 episodes. I was horror hosting. Yeah, I saw some of them. Well, we got we're getting inducted into the uh, National Archives. Yay! And uh, and so now we're doing a run for Amazon, um, six episodes a season, uh, hosting my own work, in which we brought back uh, a couple things as a series, uh, including Skeleton Key, which is called Skeleton Key Pie. Nice. Three point one four. That's awesome. Outstanding. A lot happening. <laughs> you are you are a busy, busy man. Yes. Yes, but, and we love we it. Were, we were very thankful that you were able to make time for us on the show. Oh, it was very cool. Yeah, uh, we're always like we're always happy to have you back. You know, uh, we've actually missed you because uh, you hadn't been back since the second season when you did two of them back right. then and stuff. So yeah. you did Snow Shark too, which was the uh, which inspiration got me to make a movie. That uh, I have a a little run of things I was going to show you. Um, can I take you through my my walk of life where I've been? Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't want I don't know if you want to have that on your show. You want to do it separately? It's up to you. Um, I guess we could do that separately and then have that as a video for you know. I don't want to mess up your uh, your curriculum. But it's a it's fine because this is audio, so we'll do a video too, and that's okay. wonderful. Uh, and we can, we can release that now, you know, or whatever. Yeah, maybe we could do the extra in depth stuff as an interview, and uh, for maybe our Patreon folks or something. Sure. Yeah. But uh, we want to thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting with us, Yay. and, and oh, kind of, of 
you know, of course, giving us some feedback on the film, you know, or whatever, like, you know, a lot about the film industry and uh, especially that time period. So we really appreciate all your, you know, love and help. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I was I was hoping you hadn't quite seen this uh, one, but um, I kind of figured since it had Connie Brooks in there that you probably yeah. would have sought it out. Well, I hadn't seen the, the Gator one, so I'll check that out. Yes. See, now he's yes. got to see Roller Gator. Roller Gator. Yeah. That's a perfect Patreon-only episode right there waiting. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Johnny, and uh, thank you, Paul, for, for running this uh, this episode and everything. Yep. Um, check back with us. Uh, uh, not sure if it's going to be the next week or the next week after or whatever, but uh, check us out soon and uh, and let us know what you guys think and uh, watch the Toad Warrior if you get a chance to check it out. Woo-hoo. You know, absolutely. Um, and we'll leave a link for Scott Shaw's website as yes. well, so that you can go. I think it's like scottshaw.com. You know, it's that simple. You know? But it's uh, so you guys can check out his stuff and buy his merchandise, man, because there you, you know. Uh, that man's out there still doing it. So that's wonderful. That's right. Salute to Donald G. Jackson. Uh, exactly. Fare thee well, sir. <laughs> All right. All right. And thank you guys. Ever, uh, and have a good one. Bye. Bye.